Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Healing School, <laughs> Faith School, which is also Healing School, and Provision School, and Deliverance School. But uh, many of you that have been coming welcome you back. Whatever you need, it's available to claim and lay hold of by faith. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on in, and let's receive. Father, all of us today. Agree is touching this and uh, ask for the anointing and the utterance that only you can give and to show us uh, the changes to make, the adjustments to make so that we receive the fullness of what you have for us today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you look in 1 Corinthians 10 again, uh, scripture we've been talking about of overcoming unbelief, and we saw that the things that happened to the first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage are types and examples for us. Verse 5 said, many of them, God was not well pleased, they were overthrown in the wilderness. These things are our examples. Verse 10 rather said, don't murmur like some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. And all these things happen to them for examples. They're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. People do themselves a great disservice by ignoring the Old Testament. Because according to this verse in the New Testament, what happened there are examples. We're supposed to learn so much from what happened there. Go back to Numbers, if you would, the 11th chapter. This is the eighth event, uh, what happened at, at Tabera. Ta the word Tabera means burning, and the place was named Tabera because of what happened there. All it says is uh, verse 1, Numbers 11, 1, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Well, you know, He never changes. So if that displeased Him then, it's still displeasing. That, that's not going to change. We read yesterday in Philippians 2.14 in the New Testament it says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings or arguing. Complaining is not the innocent thing that so many think it is. It displeases God. And if that's all you knew, that's enough to change. Right? To stop it. Are you serious about this? Then pray it out loud. Say, Father God, help me to realize all that is murmuring and complaining and show me when I begin to do it and alert me and I purpose to change, to set it aside and do it no more. It says, when, when they complained, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the utmost parts of the camp. And the people cried to Moses 
And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched or it went out and uh, went down and went out. And he called the name of the place Taborah, which means a burning, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now, as I was uh, reviewing this from myself, I, I was just uh, impressed with how many times there have been manifestations of fire connected to God. You know, we just got through reading in the earlier, uh, one, of the, one of these events where they failed to trust God was at the mountain where the, the law was given. And what happened is God came down on that mountain and spoke out of the fire. The whole mountain was on fire. After, you know, while, while Moses was up there later for 40 days getting details of the laws and statutes, they decided Moses was not going to come back and made them some golden calves and fell down and worshiped. Oh, that angered God and displeased him. But he told them at that particular juncture, he said, I'm not going with you anymore. I'll send an angel, but I'm not. He said, lest I consume you in a moment. This is a, a revelation that we need to be more, more clear about. Deuteronomy says, in Deuteronomy 4.24, you don't have to turn there, but we'll read it to you. The Lord your God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. In, in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, that's quoted. In Hebrews 12.18, it talked about that mountain that burned with fire. And verse 29 in that same chapter went on to say, For our God is a consuming fire. When the prophets saw God, Ezekiel did, in one of those visions. In, in Ezekiel 1, let me read some of it to you. He saw the living creatures and said their appearance was like burning coals of fire and like the appearance of lights. And it went up and down among the living creatures and the fire was bright and out of the fire went forth lightning. And when he saw the one who was sitting on the throne, he said his appearance was like a sapphire stone, uh, or the, the, the throne was, and it looked like the form of a man, and I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins up and the appearance of his loins down was fire, like the appearance of fire and brightness round about. The NIV says it looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire and brilliant light surrounded him. You know, he, Moses said, show me your glory. And he said, you can't see uh, my glory. You know, uh, I'll show you some of my back parts, but no man could see this and live. What happened on that particular juncture, and it happened more than once, was the fire of God flashed out and manifested. You may remember that when uh, uh, at the showdown with the prophets of Baal, and Elijah, that, that was his declaration. He said, whatever God answers by fire, he's God. And they said, yeah, that's right. And so the prophets of Baal, they danced around and, 
and they put the wood on and they cut themselves and they yelled and bled and shouted hours and hours and nothing happened. Nobody answered. Nothing happened. And then, and then Elijah came out and said, uh, uh, bring some water. I want to make sure everybody knows this is no trick here. And they, they poured water on the sacrifice. He said, do it again. And they did it again. Do it again. And they did it again until water, everything's dripping wet. And the trench around, it's full of water. Everything's soaked. And then he called on God and fire flashed out of the sky. And in a moment, everything is just disintegrated. The water's gone. The, the wood is gone. Sacrifice is gone. Say it out loud. Our God, Our God is, a is a consuming fire. Now all you got to know is who made the sun. Right? Who made stars? Where did it come from? That came out of Him. Now there's hot, and then there's hot. <laughs> uh, we would probably uh, say, if we were describing this as some of our modern language, we'd probably say it was like lightning that, that fell and, and hit these sacrifices. And you know, Elijah later on, when some of them came to get him, this captain with 250 and and they mocked him and disrespected him. He said, well, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down. And, and I mean, bolts came down. Fire came down. And that's what God was talking about, that in his holiness and in his power, sin and defilement and defiance and rebellion can't exist. It can't stand, it can't withstand his glory, and His power. They tell us that the surface of the sun, which is much cooler than the inner part, is about 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's what I'm saying. There's hot, and then there's, <laughs> then there's what we're talking about. But lightning, lightning is a plasma, and it's five times hotter at least than the surface of the sun. We're talking 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's when, when that fire fell on those sacrifices, it was vaporized. It didn't, it didn't just catch on fire. It was vaporized. And yet, God has complete control of it. He manifested in a bush... And this fire is just rolling and boiling and the bush wasn't burned. Astounding. But the God who created matter and created stars and all these things obviously knows how to control it. But this is who they were dealing with. And this is who we're dealing with. And we don't need to forget it. I said we don't need to forget it. We need revelation on how powerful our God is, how big He is, and what He has done to allow us access to such glory and power. Because in the sin of man and defiance of man, 
that could not exist in such glory and light and power. And it was shown through the abject failures of peoples to keep the law and be righteous before him. But that wasn't enough for God. He still wanted us. And so he sent Jesus, who was able to stand before the fire, before the glory, and gave the sacrifice so that we could now come boldly to the throne of sapphire and beauty, where the one who is fire from the loins up and down sits. Oh, somebody say, thank God. Thank God. And in the presence of such an one, you should not gripe. Exactly. Huh? Come on. Now, now, now you're laughing, but wasn't that what the whole passage was about? Look at it again. Numbers 11. They complained, and the scripture said they, they spake evil. They were speaking against and speaking evil. The Young's literal translation said, The people is evil, and who sighing habitually in the ears of Jehovah. God delivered them. He said, You're my people. I got a plan for you. I got some things to teach you, but we're on our way. Stay with me. But they're continually miserable with him and his plan. They don't want to do it his way. They don't want to listen to him. They want to do it their way. And their big plan was, let's go back. Let's go back to Egypt. Have we read that? How many times did they say that? I mean, from the Red Sea and, and there in uh, when the mountain was on fire and the law was given and when Moses was gone, what'd they say? We got to uh, get us some new gods and we're going to go back to Egypt. And even here we're about to see in Numbers 14, that's what they said. No, we're going back. That was their plan. And, and they, they wouldn't stop thinking about the wrong thing, being miserable. It's not okay with God that you're saved God's got a plan for you. He's trying to help you. And you're miserable about going to church. And you don't want to pray. And you don't want to listen. And you don't want to do... See, that's the flesh. Isn't it? Everybody's flesh, if you, if you yield to it, is lazy. Everybody's flesh. If you yield to it, it'll be fearful, unbelieving, depressed... And you can just wallow in it. And you can just keep yielding to it until you don't want to get out of bed. And go, I just can't. I'm sorry, I just can't. And people think that this should be coddled. People should go, oh, that's all right, baby. Just lay there. It's okay. It's okay. No, it ain't okay. Especially when God has answered your prayers. And you've seen him deliver you. And you've seen him provide for you. No, he was not all right with it. Did he coddle them? No. When for the nth time, they're just griping and speaking against him and talking about how terrible. What are you talking about how terrible it is? Being delivered from slavery and on your way to the promised land? Having the presence of God out there where you can see it every day is awful? 
It's terrible. Then I mean the fire of God broke out. Because it, it made him so angry. The fire broke out. And, and the outsides of the camp were being destroyed. And Moses cried out. But that's what he had warned them about. He said, I've seen this people. It is a stiff-necked people that won't listen. I'm paraphrasing. Won't listen. And he said, I, I'm not going to go with you because I'm liable to break out and consume you in a moment. And it was Moses that said, oh, God, no, if you're not with us, how will people know who we are? I mean, that's the whole point is, is you being with us. And, and, and finally, Moses said, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. Is that how you feel too? Like, Lord, if you ain't going, I ain't going. And, and, and the Lord relented and said, okay, I'll go. But here's what you see, right? They didn't listen. And so... This is not grace. Come on, can you see this? They're not living in grace and mercy. And so fire broke out. But what we're, to po- what we're supposed to learn while this is in the Bible and while we're told repeatedly in the New Testament, we're supposed to learn how evil this murmuring and griping and complaining is. That it's not okay. It's not acceptable to God. And it is something we must get rid of. Something we must absolutely stop. How many understand? We're not talking about, well, I'll think about this. Now I'll look at it a little bit later. No, today, right now, today, make up your mind, my complaining days are over. Hmm? God's done too much for me. Right? For me to be talking like this and gripe. And, and, and if he feels this strongly about this, that's all I need to know. I'm done with it. Say it out loud, I'm done with it. I'm done with complaining. I'm done with griping. I'm done with it. He, the, the phrase that he gave me, he said, uh, doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. What do I do instead of griping? What do I do with myself? Huh? Okay, I got up in the morning. Huh? And many people are used to griping. They get, ah, what time is it? Ah, okay. Oh, man, I feel so achy. And what is, oh, man, that's not the kind of uh, breakfast that I like. That's not the, you got the wrong preserves. You got the wrong juice. Huh? No. And, and, and my clothes don't fit right anymore. What's wrong with my clothes? <laughs> and this is the wrong color. And this is not. Uh, and, and then you get ready to go start. And, well, why is the car so dirty? I thought we, were, we had it clean the other day. And why is this? And you didn't take out the garbage. It's still sitting right there. And you get on the road. And what is wrong with these people? I mean, these people, where do they get their license? You know, out of a cereal box? What is going on? With the, would you shut up? Get back in your lane. Huh? You can gripe and complain all day long. And people won't even notice it. Because that's what they're doing. And it is displeasing to the Lord. It is grievous. 
Because what could you be doing? What should you be doing instead of that? You should be using words that will help you instead of hurt you. Words that work for you instead of words that work against you. Right? You could be, remember he said, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned or judged. By your words. By your words. Somebody say, by my words. By, by my words. By my words. It's, it's doubt that despairs and complains and is sad. Tell me about faith. Faith rejoices. Huh? Faith rejoices. Let's go to 1 Peter and see, because there, there's something that we say oftentimes in connection with, with rejoicing from 1 Peter. But see what it's connected to. 1 Peter 1, he talks about, verse 7, the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Would anybody in here say you love the Lord? And it's doubtful that you've seen him, right? Very, most haven't. A few have had visions, but the vast majority have not seen him. How do you love a Lord you've never seen? By faith. Amen. I said by faith. And uh, whom though not ha having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing... You rejoice. Somebody say, believing. believing. You, rejoice. you rejoice. What about doubting? Doubting, you complain. Doubting, you're depressed. But believing, you rejoice. Believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls. What are you rejoicing about? Though you haven't seen. You haven't seen it. They hadn't seen the promised land. Right? Well, they've been slaves all their life over there in Egypt. You know, cutting wood, hauling water, making bricks, sun up to sun down, servitude, hard servitude. But God said, I got a beautiful place for you. I got a beautiful place for you. If you believe that, you don't gripe. Huh? I got a beautiful place for you. And it flows with milk and honey. Uh, houses for you. Vineyards, orchards, uh, lands. We're talking about you were a slave. Now you're going to be a landowner. House owner. Crops. Herds, vineyards. He said, I got it for you, and I'm taking you there. But they were never convinced. Never convinced. Having not seen, even though they hadn't seen the promised land yet, could they have by faith been excited about it anyway? We know they could have because Joshua was. Is that right? And Caleb was. You remember them? 
especially after the spies got back and brought the big bunch of grapes and all the figs and the dates and all that stuff. And they said, would you look, have you ever seen produce like this? And, and uh, who was it, uh, Caleb, that got up and said, God's with us. Let's go get it right now. And it made the people so mad they wanted to stone him. Because they said, uh-uh, there's no way. No way, no way. Giant's too big. Wall's too big. No, we'll just all die. We'll just all die. That kind of response, that kind of talk, angered the Lord. It irritated him. And you can understand it. Put yourself in this place for a moment. If you had done everything for these people that he did for these people, and no matter what you said, they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't trust you. They won't do what you said. That's when finally it got to the point where he said, well, okay, all right. It'll be what you said. You've been saying ever since this started, you're going to die out in the wilderness. Well, guess what? That's what you're going to get. Not what he said, what you said. They got what they said. Well, next time you're tempted to gripe, you need to ask yourself right in the middle of it, do I want this? <laughs> right? Do I really want, well, then you better stop saying it and start saying something else. What did Caleb and Joshua get? They got what they said. They didn't die in the wilderness. They possessed the promised land. Amen. Caleb got a mountain out of the deal. Is that right? He said, give me this mountain. And he got it too. They all got what they said. Caleb and Joshua got what they said. What are you saying, child of God? Huh? Because that's what's going to happen. Sit out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, God's word is working in you and your eyes are being enlightened and you and I are coming up. We're not going to die in the desert missing out on the blessings of God. We're coming full into the promised land. Can you say amen? amen. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Sure enjoyed being with you again this week. At the end of the week, I always like to speak over all our partners. I know many of you are partners with us, praying with us, sowing into this, helping us. You notice this week that the Lord emphasized to us not to talk about what we don't have and what we don't know and what we can't do. That leads to more darkness and unthankfulness. Don't talk about unpaid and, and debt and how big and how hard. Begin to call it paid. In Jesus' name, I speak over the lives of our partners. I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I call every obligation fulfilled. I call debts paid off in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Agree with that. And instead of fussing or, or complaining about something or a lack or a shortage, don't fall into that trap. Don't get sucked into that. Speak plenty. Speak abundance. If somebody says, you think we'll have enough? You go, no, no, we'll have more than enough. You think we'll make it? No, no, we're going over big. Going over big to the glory of God. We love you. 
We're believing with you. Send in those testimonies. Uh, we'll see you back soon here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.